everybody. Welcome to the Energy News Beat Podcast. My name's Stu Turley, President and CEO of the Sandstone Group. I used to be a game show host at one time, but I'm here at the Permian Basin International Oil and Gas Show, and I'm here at the Air Compressor Solutions booth. It is just crazy. You can see their old truck back here behind me, and I'll tell you what, this podcast is probably one of the most important that we've talked about in a long time. I've got an old friend here, and I'll tell you what, Cyrus Brooks over at RBAC, and I mean his dad, I get to interview him uh, tomorrow, and they are a international uh, natural gas evaluation, and they've got software for long-term contracts and everything else, and I've just really enjoyed being able to get and meet uh, Cyrus, Cyrus, welcome from Africa. How are things there? Oh, they're they're definitely uh, you know heating up. I guess you could say. Yeah. Uh, you know, here it is uh, the springtime heading into the summer. Uh, so, but uh, yeah, it's it's really actually it's really nice and windy in Cape Town, South Africa. You're in um, Cape Town. Yes, I'm in Cape Town, which is in the southeast. It's actually still on the Atlantic but not far from where the Indian Ocean meets the Atlantic, you know, right near oh. the bottom of the world, you could say. <laughs> um, now, how long was the flight out there, Cyrus? Oh, you know, I, I went from Houston to Atlanta and uh, on to Cape Town. That was 18 hours. So uh, with oh, a you wow. know, one and a half hours stopover. So it was quite something. Oh, my goodness. Now, why are you there, Cyrus? Well, uh, this week is Africa Energy Week. And, um, you know, their their tagline and uh, uh, motto here is to make energy poverty history, which really nice. goes right into, you know, the basic purpose of all energy companies is to supply energy. You know, no matter how much money people want to make and all those things that people think are the real purpose. But actually, we really want to supply. I mean, that's our goal is to supply that energy that people are going to mm-hmm. use, you know, uh, and uh, we know as long as we do that, we still have a, a great future uh, supplying that energy. So what the difference is, is that um, half of Africa, get this, one out of every two people don't have electricity. Like Say that again. No electricity. One, one out, out of, of two every pe- two people do not have electricity, access wow. to electricity. You know, Cyrus, you and I have talked about this, and this is hitting up where my passion is. Everybody needs to be delivered the lowest kilowatt per hour to all citizens of the planet and allow them to eliminate poverty by low-cost, sustainable energy. Now, Cyrus, you and I have also talked about using local natural resources to reduce the impact on the environment. Tell me what's going on and what's the temperature there with everybody, all the leaders that are there. Well, it's really interesting to hear people from Europe and then hear people from Africa. And there's just a, you know, a bit of a a chasm between the two in in some in some aspects. Um, And, um, you know, African leaders are are saying very specifically that, uh, you know, the resources of Africa should benefit Africans. I mean, uh, Africa has uh, natural gas. Africa has oil, a lot of oil. Africa, you know, could easily do 7 million barrels a day. Africa has, uh, you know, uh, Africa has minerals. Africa has coal. 
it has, uh, you know, minerals such as uh, cobalt, which, as we know, is essential for EVs, uh, electric vehicles. And um, uh, it has so much in the way of resources. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's it's not just a, you know, a supply store. But that's the message anyway. It's not, this is not just a supply store for everybody else. You know, they have their own needs and uh, they want, you know, if people come and, and they want to make use of their resources, well, they want to make sure that, you know, the way that contracts are and uh, is that it benefits the people to develop their their resources, their economic development as well. Well, you know, um, it, it seems like and from what I'm seeing from the international side of things on the international side that w- the world, um, uh, not the World Economic Forum, but the World Bank is loaning money only for renewable projects. And we know that we're seeing a, a real problem with solar panels after five years to 10 years. They're uh, having to be replaced and then they can't be recycled. And then you need a lot more money for the grid. And it's just a lot higher cost for electricity for even wind or solar. So what are they seeing about getting no money really access? Is money available for natural gas pipelines, for coal plants, for uh, natural gas power plants in Africa? Yeah, that's a that's a very good question. Um, so investment and foreign investment uh, yep. came up quite a bit at this conference. I'll tell you something interesting. Just on my last point, if I go back to it, I'm the president of Namibia, right, okay. which is next next to South Africa, and uh, you know, it's the the president there. He gave a speech and he said uh, something very smart. He said that. You know, the benefits from African resources must benefit Africa. Uh, I mean, yes. actually, that's really no different than than any local community, you know, saying that, hey, if you want to build a, you know, something in my backyard, you know, it should benefit me too, me right. or the community, et cetera. You know, whether it's a transmission or a natural gas pipeline or anything. Right. Right. So so it's not even a, a big ask. Um, but something else he said was really interesting. He said, we cannot allow, and this goes to what you were saying about finance, we cannot allow climate change to be weaponized. Wow. Wow. What a line. What is that? Weaponized. We cannot, people weaponizing we cannot allow climate change. Uh, globe climate change to be weaponized. Wow. Yeah. I like that. So. So yeah, and and the the point is, uh, you are right. Um, they definitely there definitely has been a constraint on finance by you know the African Development Bank, uh, you know the IMF or or other banks, European Central Bank, like these kind of uh, banks. They have you know these various uh, commitments toward uh, net zero and emissions and all this kind of thing. Right. So so there is that there um, and. Uh, you could say this, that African leaders are actually quite unhappy with this, this kind of uh, role. And um, I mean, there it's if, if you consider, OK, let's take the view that CO2 is a pollutant. You know, let's just pretend right. for a moment it's like it's like dumping paint right in the gutter. Uh, OK, if, if you take that view that CO2 is a pollutant, just like dumping paint. 
Right. You would go to that company and you'd say, hey, you need to clean it up, right? It's you right. did that. You have to clean it up. The evidence is right there. And uh, I can see that paint, you know, flowing down the gutter. Go clean it up. Don't talk to me about, you know, uh, and don't complain about my pollution if, you, if you're going to keep doing it. <laughs> uh, now, that's the other thing is um, the Africa has, if you look at CO2 as a pollution, I mean, right. if you do, Africa has contributed something like 3% or 0.3%. It's like, it's really minuscule. It's, it's right. nothing. So you have people, you know, uh, who have basically developed their economies have been quote unquote polluting. I mean, I they have been polluting, but if you use COT, okay, let's say just they've been emitting CO2 for, right. you know, for 150 years and then, uh, you know, uh, saying, you know, as a banker, I'm not going to lend it to you because that's going to add emission. Uh, it's a little bit unfair because, I mean, this is also, it's like, hey, you know, you didn't, you didn't have this, uh, you know, I'm not going to lend it to you for other people, did you? I mean, it's not like they weren't lending right. it to the West, you know, early on. And uh, so I think it's pretty there, there's, they're kind of saying two things that are really interesting is yep. that, you know, why doesn't the West clean up their CO2 and, uh, <laughs> you know, and then that will also make room. That's one of the interesting comments they said, you know, clean up 20% of the CO2 you put out there and that makes right. room for, for Africa to develop, you know, yep. that would be one thing. So, I mean, they're, the, the great points are, let me, sorry, let me ask this. Yeah. You are, you, I'm sorry, you, you know me well enough to know that I'm, I'm getting excited about a couple of things you just said. So when we talk about China uh, and you, the Western world, both developed worlds polluting so much. And if CO2 is taken as such a, a pollution, what about China? China has announced that they are doing, uh, it's over 300 coal plants are already permitted and in the pipeline for uh, production. Unbelievable amount of gigawatts going on for coal. So yeah. why can China put all of this coal in? Why can Germany now start taking down wind farms so they can open back up a coal plant? And then we're handicapping Africa and saying you have to go renewable energy, which has to have fossil fuels in order to work. Yeah. Are they talking um, yeah, about China? Good question. Well, you know, it's uh, definitely that. Yeah, actually, definitely all that was mentioned about the coal in China. And and wow. uh, frankly, to be honest, I don't blame China. You know, I mean, what no. can you say except they are trying? But. This is a weird kind of thing. And, and uh, when Alex Epstein, uh, who, who wrote the book, you know, Fossil Future and the Moral Case for Fossil Fuels, Alex Epstein spoke uh, yesterday. And oh, cool. He said, yeah, he said something quite interesting, which was, I mean, he called this, he called this very pointedly. He said, this is like environmental racism. I mean, this is really, I love you know, that. the idea. Yeah, honestly, I mean, the idea that uh, one group of people can, you know, basically make coal plant after coal plant after coal plant with practically no protest. I mean, honestly, if 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 the world wanted to protest against it, against China, right. I mean, they could. 
you know, uh, I, they, they but you could, wouldn't they, get any money they, from the Belt and Road. So, well, you know, but I mean, people could stop buying things from there. They could, I mean, all sorts right. of things they could, they could commit sanctions, tariffs. Right. I mean, there's all sorts of things that they could do, uh, which they will not do, you know, because they are intertwined economically. Right. They are, um, you know, they benefit from the relationship from China. So, so then why are they so, uh, willing, so unwilling to be righteous about, about uh, China? Because it, it's, it, it really goes against their own interest. Right. And, uh, right. so therefore it comes across, uh, that, you know, this, this resistance towards, uh, fossil fuel use in Africa right. is actually, you know, born out of a lot of self-interest. Well, uh, I had the, uh, fortune of interviewing Alex Epstein twice on the podcast and mm. I really, really enjoyed his passion and not only interviewing, uh, him, Chris Wright from Liberty Oil, uh, Liberty Frack has also been the humanitarians. And quite honestly, they were my inspiration for trying to take this passion up for being a humanitarian, being energy agnostic, except let's do the lowest uh, impact on the environment. And that means natural gas. And we know that COP28 is coming around the corner and I'm hearing rumblings. I mean, we have MDS, you know, the Saudi Prince going to be there, uh, Cyrus, and yeah. every uh, there's 140 major world leaders going to be at COP28, and they're now saying that whoa, natural gas and nuclear are going to be the prince of the ball there in order to do that. And I'm where I'm going with this conversation is how is the conversation at this uh, energy conference in Africa? With nuclear, is nuclear coming up and is natural gas coming up is really the bridge to prosperity? Yes. Uh, nice. Natural gas is coming up a lot. It's probably almost two thirds of the conference is really focused on natural gas. Nice. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a reason for that. Uh, the Africa has vast gas uh, resources and potential and right. the world is also calling for Africa's gas for their own use. Right. Uh, so plus, uh, you know, gas has many more uses than just for, you know, heating and gas fired power and generation. You have fertilizer, uh, you, <laughs> you have fertilizer, you have, you know, you can make hydrogen, uh, steam, uh, reformation. Uh, you can, you know, you can do a lot of things. Uh, I mean, the basis of ethylene and plastics. I mean, there's so much you can do with that. You can make a compressed natural gas uh, for cars right. as a cleaner fuel. I mean, and Africa does that, especially in Nigeria, Egypt. And, and propane other and everything else. And, and propane. And, you know, and so LPG is part of this conference as well. And these things are scalable. You know, you can also have a uh, cleaner cooking you know, and this kind of thing. I mean, there's, a, you know, it's, 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 uh, as you said, I mean, there's nothing wrong inherently with, uh, you know, solar power, wind power, but like anything, they have their own pros and cons. And right. the peculiarity of electricity is that it's not 
uh, easily storable. Therefore, it must be on demand. And as right. we saw in Texas on Friday with a, a full lunar eclipse, you saw the solar because it, the <laughs> eclipse was in the middle of the day and you saw the solar dropped almost immediately to nothing. And, uh, you know, it, it just well, it, it dropped as like a like right. a steep uh, a cliff. And yes. um, so the balancing but, authority on that, Cyrus, the balancing authority for ERCOT, uh, yeah. I'm sure they had to put the brakes on because they had to spin up natural gas or coal in order to be ready for that. And you just you right. nailed it that, you know, the grid cannot have standby wind or standby. Uh, I just want to give a shout out to as I was coming through to my office in uh, Abilene, um, the wind farm on the left, Cyrus, there's yeah. just wind farm after wind farm after wind farm. And then over yeah. on the right hand side, there was one that has been abandoned. Uh, there is a wind oh. farm right outside of Abilene, Texas, and the blades are falling off and they are having some serious problems. And not only is there serious problems with that, the farmers in uh, Germany and farmers in the U.S. are now having to look at 25 year contracts. And these wind companies are backing off their abandoned wells. And so now you may have a ranch with two or three hundred um, wind farms sitting out there and they cannot even use them as a ranch anymore. So that is something oh. that we need to also when you're talking to the African leaders, the, the presidents, the general uh, uh, folks there. Just like your company is so good about forecasting pricing for natural gas on the global market, yes. we need to take a look at wind farms and then absolutely go, hey, at the end of 25 years, who's going to haul this crap out? And I, I mean, this is terrible for not only Africa, for Europe, the United States, and nobody's talking about this. And in yeah. Texas, by the way, I love me some Texas, they are really focusing and putting money for the abandoned orphan wells because, quite honestly, the oil and gas industry did not do a great job in the past. But over the last 10, 15 years, the oil, great oil and gas uh, companies have done a phenomenal job in ESG and getting things environmentally sound. Where's the renewable market on this? And I really want to hear while you're at that conference, if you can bring that up and try to ask some folks, are there long-term contracts for solar panels? Because Cyrus, solar panels are piling up. We're shipping are solar panels that are no longer usable to other countries and their toxic waste. How is that being discussed at these kind of conferences? Yeah. Does that make sense? Um, yeah. Probably I, not. I would say <laughs> that Africa doesn't want that kind of stuff at all. No. Uh, but I'll tell you something they are interested in. Um, What's that? What they are interested in creating a value chain, creating more. Oh. So, okay. So here's what you do, right? Um, right. If you have a process, which, you know, has five steps, you know, and, right. and the first step is, is raw material. Um, if you right. sell the raw material at the, at the first step, then right. you lose a lot of value add, right? You lose a lot of value add and, you know, you only have the jobs that relate to the extraction. So you might have right. some jobs related to oil or gas extraction or mining, you know, right. and um, which or is child fine. abuse in the case. Uh, of yeah, well, 
all the <laughs> all the cases of of that. But right. the the main point is is that what Africans want is Africans actually want to add industry. So let's say you nice. take you know yeah. So let's say you take your your minerals and you smelt them and you process them. Well, now you have two industries, right? Uh, oh yeah. You see what I mean? And so now you're adding jobs and you're adding now you can. You, the, the margin you can sell that material for increases a lot. Absolutely. Right? And jobs. And so. And, and prosperity. That's right. And so you start to create jobs, you create, and as you create industry, you also have more money, which also means you can afford more. And eventually, you know, this, this also means there's a market there for, you know, Europeans and Asians and Americans to right. sell to. Right. And not just, yep. you know, the cheapest phones, they can buy the most expensive everything because they'll right. have, you know, the standard of living that we have. Let, so let this off of you. Uh, yeah. and, and I've been thinking about this and what's wrong if you can go through and as you look at getting more energy and solving that one out of two people in, in poverty, energy poverty in Africa, what's wrong with looking at charging export money i think the west should charge export fees so that we're paying a higher price for the natural resources out of africa with that fund going back to africa to build their infrastructure does that make sense yes yes and i think that that uh, you know that's kind of what they're talking about is Structuring oh, nice. the agreements so that that it starts to to build, you know, infrastructure. Um, nice. And um, they definitely, you know, it's part of the conversation. So but it does go back to investment as well. Um, right. You know, and there's a lot of issues uh, in <laughs> in Africa or any any place right. where there is, um, you know, it's a developing economy. So administration, uh, you know, even making these agreements, even even experience and knowledge at the, you know, at the levels, uh, at the ministerial levels. Right. If they if they end up getting advisors and this came up in the conference, if they end up getting advisors who come from, you know, Europe and the U.S. Uh, who who have their own agenda. Right. Uh then then they're going to start to make agreements towards maybe they'll start to make agreements towards uh, the, you know, the Paris Accord or some uh, some purpose which the West has not, which is really Africa focused. So, I mean, you know, for example, if you take, uh, you know, California and right. let's just make an example, you take California and you go to some you know, depressed area like East L.A. or, you know, maybe Watts or South Central, you know, down on Skid Row and all these kind of things. And you you want to you, you're going to tell these guys, well, we're going to help your area. And uh, but right. we, we need to make you. But but whatever you do, we got to make sure it's green. And, 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 you know, they would just look at you like you're crazy. It's like like we have we have no money. We have lots of crime. We have, you know, we have a, a huge, we have, you know, very low literacy. I mean, we, right. we have huge problems overcoming. You want us to, to care whether or not we emit CO2. And right. so, you know, I mean, look, it's, it, it's like, I, it's not that it's, we can't concern ourselves with 
climate change. We can't. But, you know, it, you know, when you when a guy is starving to death, you don't talk to him about CO2. You give him food. You know, I mean, right. this is this is what it's, you know, so uh, in it's the not case fair. Of, it's not fair. And not only is it not fair, but really, you know, when you talk to somebody, you should really be asking them what they need. You know, she, you should and you right. shouldn't be telling them what they need. You should you should be looking and listening. You know, I think uh, one of the best things that came out of that thing were everything that we've talked about, Cyrus, is phenomenal. And I couldn't be uh, more happy that you're there helping your company and then helping out bring back the word. We got to spread the word on helping them out because selfishly it will help out everybody else in the global market. And that's exactly what yes. RB uh, does. You know, your company yeah. really does look at the global environment and uh, the fiscally responsibility of elevating folks out. And I absolutely love the way that Alex Epstein phrased that, that it is energy uh, racism by putting that out there that way, that we're not allowing them uh, freedom through fiscal restrictions. And so I'm excited about that. And tomorrow you have hooked us up with Dr. Ibram, and uh, he is the general director of APPO, and I can't wait to visit with him. Yes, he's the, uh, this is the African uh, Petroleum Producers Organization. So he's, nice. he's really high level. Uh, and, nice. um, you know, this guy is a firebrand talker. I mean, he's a really, <laughs> you know, he's a real strong advocate for, for Africa. And right. for African knowledge, African uh, learning, um, you know, technology transfer. So and also developing African training. So and training centers throughout Africa and also pan-African cooperation uh, so nice. that all Africans can, you know, uh, rise up. And uh, oh, fantastic. I'll tell you, I am so excited about uh, about this. And so, Cyrus, uh, how can everybody get a hold of you and your company? And uh, we want to make sure that people can get a hold of you. What's the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah, I mean, uh, go to rbac.com. So, you know, that would be, I guess, what, what, what do we say? We say Romeo, uh, Bravo, <laughs> Alpha, Charlie. Uh, I think that works. Dot com. Yes. I think and, that's fabulous. Uh, and, and I want to give you a shout out. I didn't mean to cut you off, Cyrus, but you're one of the, uh, a great thought leader out there. Your whole team uh, over there does a great job with articles, knowledge, and uh, not only am I a stalker for, of you guys in a nice way, I, I watch. <laughs> so I just want to think that you guys are a phenomenal uh, resource for folks being industry thought leaders. So we got about two more minutes. What is any last words or thoughts for you on this uh, trip that you're doing in Africa? I, I would say that uh, something really interesting has come, which is that natural gas is going to be a key uh, to the future. Nice. You know, whether you call it a low carbon future or whatever you call it, it's uh, a lot is going to be powered by uh, natural gas. It is cleaner. It is going to make cities cleaner and uh, it's, you know, cooking more available, electricity more available to all the people of Earth. And right. uh, RBAC helped uh, companies to make better energy decisions uh, so that it, it actually benefits everybody in the long run. Isn't that great? Hey, uh, one last question here before we uh, close out. I was visiting with um, uh, Tucker. Uh, he was over at the propane 
counsel uh, for the United States, and he may be there, uh, Tucker Perkins, and he's describing propane and uh, compressed natural gas as the last mile. And in Africa, Mm. that would absolutely be a great way to get, as you mentioned earlier, people using it. So natural gas and then staging it out for the last mile. It'd be kind of fun to hear what people's thoughts are in incorporating those kinds of contracts uh, in there as well. Because the infrastructure is a lot easier to put in for tanks and those kind of things as opposed to a pipeline. You can go further with that. You You scale it. You scale it. They did this in Mexico. You scale it. Right. And, you know, people have the connections in their house so that finally, when the pipelines come, you can put them right in because the house, it's, it's already there. You see, you bet. so it's a very good way to make a scalable micro economy. I mean, we could go off on that one. But, yeah, I agree <laughs> with you. I'm totally with you on that. Sounds fantastic, Cyrus. Thank you from Africa. And uh, I'm here in the Permian. And uh, shout out to our uh, sponsors here with Air Compressor Solutions. And uh, hey, I look forward to visiting with you tomorrow there, Cyrus. Sounds good. 